Good things are happening in our youth ministry and a revival is taking place. So thank you, Pastor Ben, for all the hard work with their children. Yeah. But uh, I think the good thing is watching our youth uh, just growing in their relationship with Jesus. Think about it. We came to know Christ. Many of us came to know Christ at a later stage in life. Imagine our teens and your children who attend our youth ministry. They're coming to know Jesus Christ at an early age. So it's not saying they're going to avoid many things, but they know where to find or they know who to turn to. They know they're loved. They know they have eternal life through Jesus Christ. So they have a a, a good head start uh, than many of us had as we were growing up. And that's, that just is a result of your hearts and giving. For those of you who have been at this church for years and decades, your hard work and your prayers, your perseverance, your, your giving, your support, all of that is paying off because the younger people are coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'd like to include myself in that category. I was in that category, but now in my, I'm in my early 40s. Still young yet when compared to life itself. So we're all growing in the Lord. But the good news is that Jesus Christ loves us all across the board. No one better than the other. We just all want to learn about him. And if this is your first time, we want to welcome you to New Hope Hilo, Hawaii. Uh, when you came in, you're given a bulletin. And in that bulletin are some notes that you can take out as we continue in our series, How to Prepare for the Unknown. First of all, I'd like to say thank you to Pastor Charlie who spoke last week in my absence. We just want to say thank you, Pastor Charlie. You, you just uh, brought the word of God and did a wonderful job, not just on Sunday, but also on Wednesday night. And that's our hope when we come here on Sunday mornings, that we get to learn more and more about Jesus Christ, not just so that we can learn about him, but so that we can know him and come into this relationship with him. Now, we're all going to go through changes in life. Change comes and goes. It, it's, it's fast. It's, I was going to say fast and furious, but that's just not going to work. <laughs> putting some of you guys. It just uh, Think about it. Unexpected changes. It's called unexpected for a reason. It's because you don't expect it to happen. One day, you're called young looking. And you, you've been called that so long. Oh, you look so young. You look so young. Oh, yeah, you look so young. What? This is your daughter. You look like sisters. Oh, thank you. It takes a you know, long time. And then one day, you look in the mirror, and you're like, how did I get so old? Where did those wrinkles come from? How come my hair is turning gray? How is that even possible? And so we go through those changes. Some of you don't have gray hair because it all left. But that's okay too. It just goes with the changes. It sometimes is unexpected. But we're all going to go through unexpected changes. Your family will move from place to place. And as a child, you don't expect that. Sometimes parents keep you in the loop and they'll try to prepare you to say, we're going to move now. We're going to move in a couple of months. You're going to find new friends. And you're thinking, I don't want new friends. No, but you're going to find new friends. You know, parents try to do their very best to bring up the, and hype it up so that by the time you move, you're not, ah, I don't want to move, and then go into some frenzy. So they try their very best to help you get prepared for this change that's going to happen. Or maybe your job or career just went through an unexpected change. Maybe you got promoted and you have to redo your entire schedule. Maybe you got demoted and you have to redo your entire thinking. 
Maybe you just had a child and you have to restructure your whole, your whole entire house. Now you have to put the, the protectors over the plugs. You have to put things up higher. And now when you walk in your house, there's nothing on the bottom shelves. Everything is just pushed upward. It's a change. It's a big change. Major changes happen when you have a child. Major changes happen when you get married or Changes should happen when you get married. You can no longer do the same things you used to as a single person now that you're married. You can't just come home, just take off your clothes, throw it all over the place, and then just oh, leave it for her or leave it for him. Who's going to clean it up? Someone has to do it. You're no longer single. You're now married. So things change and things must change. Now that you come together, it's like, oh, so your bank account, my bank account. No, honey, it's our bank account. Oh, well, but you don't make as much as me. So how come it's going to be our bank account? You only make this much. I make this much. And we're going to put it together. Now you have more. And now I have less. Welcome to marriage. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. What's yours is yours and what's mine is mine. Or if hers is what and hers is nobody's, then hers is hers. So you just got to figure that out. It's just a part of changes that we go through. How about dieting? Let me just pause right there. for Let it sink in a little bit. Or health. We want to be healthy. We want to maintain good health. We want our bodies to last as long as possible. And so we try our very best to stay healthy. But there comes a season in life where you're like, exercise. I go to work. That's my exercise. So I'm not even going to exercise. I come home and I'm tired. But then you go to the doctors and they tell you you need to exercise because there's something going on on the inside that is unhealthy. That's a change. It's a major change. So you have to think through all of these changes that are happening, many that are unexpected. Well, how do you deal with unexpected changes? Well, Jesus Christ was the best. The, he was the master at knowing how to deal with unexpected changes because here it is. We have unexpected changes, but Jesus knows everything that's going to happen. So he doesn't worry about things. Read throughout the scriptures. Jesus wasn't worried. When he healed the blind person, he wasn't worried they wouldn't be able to see. He wasn't worried what people would say or think. When Lazarus has died, his good friend he, that died, he wasn't worried about him coming back to life because Jesus knew he could bring him back. He wasn't worried about what people would say. All he knew was these things happened to glorify God. When there was a storm that came up and his disciples were with him, Jesus wasn't worried. His disciples were. They were terrified. If any of you are fishermen and you go out on a boat and a storm pops up, because sometimes they do, they just pop up anytime without warning, you become fearful. Jesus wasn't fearful. In fact, let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Mark is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, then Luke. And if you don't have your Bibles, or if this is your first time, then I will read it to us. That way we can um, at least be aware of what this story is all about. And in the book of Mark, Mark really tells some adventurous stories because that's, that's just Mark. He's just, just an adventurous person. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So yours might be a little bit different, but we'll be able to follow along. And the Bible says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. 
high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. So not only was he sleeping, he was very comfortable sleeping. It wasn't like he was so tired that I'm just going to knock out right over here. He just, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to make a little bed. And he put a cushion down and he went to sleep while his disciples are going crazy with this storm. So the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the wave, to the waves, silence, be still. So here Jesus is sleeping, and all of a sudden they wake him up like, okay, what's going on? Aren't you afraid that we're going to drown? Oh, man. (sighs) Silence, be still. (sighs) And then he says this. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he he asked them, why were you afraid? Do you still have no faith? (laughs) The disciples were absolutely terrified. They weren't terrified of the storm. The storm was done. You know what they were terrified by? They were terrified by Christ. They They didn't even address him. They said this to each other. Who is this man? Like they were with him, but now they're terrified of him, wondering, who in the world is this guy? They asked each other, who is this man? That even the wind and waves obey him. That's how terrified they were. That's how much respect they had for the Son of God. That they realized that there was something much different about Jesus than anybody else. That when he awoke, he just said, peace, be still. Now, why were you guys afraid? Almost like, can you not have confidence in me? What problem are you going through? What, are you afraid of that? Oh, man, I got you. Oh, you're going through that? This is an unexpected change in your life? And why were you afraid? Didn't you know I could help you in this? Didn't you know that I'm here? Didn't you know that in my presence, all will be okay? Didn't you know that if I was with you and you with me, that's all you need? Even though these storms come up, I'm with you. Why are you afraid? See, they didn't understand fully the capacity and the power that Jesus had until moments like that. This other time when this blind man who was blind from birth was healed. There was a reason why that happened. There was a major change that happened in his life. Let's read in John. You can turn your Bible two chapters over. Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John in the New Living in the, uh, New Testament. And I'll read out of the New Living Translation. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Here's what I find interesting. When we go through a problem, we somehow try to attach it to something we did wrong or something someone else did wrong. I'm going through this because I did that last night. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I'm going through this because you, mom, because of you, dad, because of you, I'm suffering. We try to pin it on somebody else or we pin it on some sin that took place in our life. Now watch Jesus' response. He's not, he's not caught off guard. He's not, he's, not, he's not taken back by what is taking place. Jesus says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered, 
This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned by us, by the one who sent us, assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then Jesus did something so unorthodox. He, he spit on the ground, made mud with his saliva, and spread it, spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Now, if this guy was OCD, he would have a problem, but apparently he wasn't. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. That's what Siloam means. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others says, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar said, yes, I am the same one. That is me. See, when you go through this change, when you come to know Jesus Christ, the change should be so much that people ask, is that the same person? Is, is that the same person that, is that the same guy that used to hang around with us? They used to do, you know, the kind. Is that the same guy? Is that the same lady that when we would be working, she was the one that was, you know, like that? Is, is that the one? And people will have their opinions. They're going to say, no, that's, that's somebody else. Or some people might say, kind of, I think that is. But you're the only one who would know the change. You're the only one who would say, no, that is me. God did do something in my life. There is a change. It may have been unexpected, but God did something. Jesus is never taken off guard. He's never, he's never caught by surprise. He's, he's, never, he's never amazed at something that happened that he didn't know of. He knows everything that's going to take place. So in order for us to understand and get prepared for the unexpected changes, we just got to know a couple of things. See, if you're in an unexpected change right now, whatever it would be, the good news is that it's not unexpected for Jesus. He already knew this was going to take place. Yeah, but it's so bad. It's so horrible. You don't know the situation. Well, this blind man was in a tough situation. So were the disciples. So was Lazarus in the tomb. It's a tough situation, a dead situation, a dark situation, a stormy situation. But Jesus shows up and he does what he does best. He brings healing. He brings wholeness. He brings understanding. He, bring, he brings grace. But most of all, he does what he does to show the power of God. That's what he does. That this thing is, is not about the blind man. It's not about the storm. It's not about Lazarus being raised from the grave. It's about showing the power of God. Everything is wrapped up in the life of Jesus Christ. You want to see the power of God? Look to Jesus. That's the power of God in living form. It's Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. 1 Corinthians 2.9, we're going to read this. This is our foundation, our scripture for this series. And we're going to read it together. It's on your notes or it's up here on the screen and we can read it together. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. Ready? Go. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You know that word prepare? 
It actually means to make ready. So we're not prepared, but God is prepared. God created us in his image. He didn't create another God. So we don't know what he knows. We're created in his image, which means we can create in our minds. We can use imagination. We can make things from something, but we can't create things out of nothing. Only God can do that. He made us in his image. That we can do things. We can, we can love people. We can shine his light into this world. We we're made in, in his image. But we're not him. So we don't know what he knows. So here's the first thing that you can, that will help with unexpected changes. The first thing is to expect unexpected changes. It's just that simple. Expect unexpected changes. Expect that unexpected things will happen. Expect that changes are going to take place. That no life is going to run smoothly. No plan runs smoothly. There's one thing you can expect with change. And it's this. It may come when you least expect it. It'll happen when you least expect it. Change happens all the time. Now, this was written in the early, I believe, 1800s. But it was a commentary about how the wind shifts and no one knows. And it reads it like this. The wind bloweth as if he had said, nor have you any cause to be surprised if there be some things in this doctrine of regeneration which are of an obscure and unsearchable nature. For even in the natural world, many things are so. The wind, for, ex- for instance, bloweth where it listeth, according to its own nature. Not thy will, sometimes one way and sometimes another. Not being subject to the direction or command of man. In other words, Change is just like the wind. No one can grasp it nor predict it. It does what it does on its own. That's the wind. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. See, the Spirit of God will go where it needs to go. The Spirit of God leads us where the Spirit of God needs to lead us. The problem with it is we don't know where He's leading us. Some of us just want God to tell us where we are going. Just tell me where we're going. Just give me a map and then tell me where I'm going and I'll just follow that map. Listen, we can't even follow GPS that instructs us, much less God giving us a map. So he wants us to connect with his spirit, his spirit connecting with ours so that wherever he goes, wherever he leads us by his spirit, we're there with him. God doesn't just want to give us a map separate from him. He wants to be the map connected to us. It's all about this relationship. That's what he wants. He wants to be connected with us. So he wants us to go with him. He who is born of the Spirit, it goes where the Spirit leads. It's like the wind. No one knows where it goes. See, we can only plan so much. And I like to know where we're going. For Heidi and I, when we go shopping, before, like a while back, 
when she would ask me to go with her, and Heidi would say, hey, let's go to the movies. I'd say, yeah, let's go to the movies. I love going to the movies, probably because of the popcorn and mochi crunch, but even still. And on our way to the movies, she would say, oh, can we just stop off at the bank real quick? I just have to make a deposit. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. Stop off at the bank. And then as they're going to the movie, she goes, oh, I got to pay this one bill just real quick. I'm going to run in and run out. It's fast. Okay. Pay the bills. Go to the movies. Enjoying the movies on the way home. I just got to pick up milk. That's all I got to pick up is this milk. I'm thinking, why didn't you ever tell me this in the first place? You should have just gave me the whole plan. And then we're good. So now when she says, we're going to this place, I ask, are there any other areas that we need to visit? Is there any other areas that we need to go? Is there any place else? Why? Because I know there's going to be an unexpected change, so I expect an unexpected change. So at least I take initiative to at least know there's going to be an unexpected change. Even in the changes that take place, at least I'm expecting an unexpected change. And I feel more like the man of the house when I know that I don't know what's going on. I feel so much better. Because here's the thing. The second thing is this. No plan is change-proof. No plan is change-proof. Change is inevitable. It's going to happen. But no one likes change. Nobody likes change unless it benefits them. No one likes change unless it benefits you. You go to get a haircut, you're thinking it's going to be a good one. You look at it, you don't like it. So you don't like the change, but then you see your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, they're like, oh, that is so sexy. I like it. And you're like, oh, it benefits me. I look good. Oh, I like the change now. See, we don't like change unless it benefits us. We don't like it. Like our service time changes. Come September 6th, what is the service time for first service? Seven. They could care less. It doesn't bother them because it doesn't change for 7 o'clock service. Now it becomes a little more tough for this service. What time does second service change to? Nine. Now there's a little bit of a eh, 15 minutes. I can, I can relax a little bit. I can sleep in a little bit. I can eat breakfast maybe. No, you still come late. So just come whenever you always come. 8.45. Just keep it that way. Someone said, you know what? I'm not even going to tell my husband that we're in change. I'm just going to leave him at 8.45 because we're always late. Or I'm not going to tell my wife because that way we always come on time. So whatever you want to do, just ask God for forgiveness because you're lying now. <laughs> so 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and then what time does third service start? Yeah, that one is a little bit more of a stretch because now it's a half an hour later. So the third service, people are like, oh, i got to think about this. This is, this is a big deal. You know, get football. And I used to go home and I could watch the games after, but now it's into the afternoon. So it, it's different when the change doesn't benefit you. We have a hard time with change when it doesn't benefit us. But change can be good. No plan is change-proof. Did you know the longer you live with a certain way of living, the harder it is to change? Just think about mobile devices. If you had not upgraded since, you know, the brick phone in the 80s, and then you try now, it's like, forget it. I'm just going to go back to rotary phone and just kick, 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 I'm just going to, I don't want to deal with it. Because when you try to teach your parents or your grandparents, they get frustrated. You try to teach someone new technology that they haven't been used to, it's frustrating. When times change so quick, we get frustrated because we've been living a certain way for a long time. 
That's why even changes that happen in our church, we've seen this. Those who have been in our church for a short period of time, they're like, yeah, change. Yeah, change. Oh, we can do that. We can do this. Easy. But if you've been here for like 10 years, you're like, why we got to do that for? Why we got to do that? Why we got to change this? Why we got to change that? Oh, no sense. Calm anymore. No sense. Calm. No sense. No sense. Why? Because you've been accustomed to a certain way for so long. And now service time changes, like throw your whole calendar system off. It's like, you know, I just can come for service forever. It's too hard, too difficult. Change is inevitable. It's going to happen. And especially when it comes to the things of God. God never changes. That's the good news. We change. The church functioning of the church changes because we want to serve people better. We want to give, if you look at our service time changes, it's not just for traffic flow. It's so that we can connect with people. Listen, our world is moving farther away from connecting face-to-face with people. Farther away. And it sounds good. It sounds great when it comes to technology and I can FaceTime people, I can text people. And technology can be used for good. Don't get me wrong. I use it all the time. But nothing beats face-to-face. Nothing beats hand-to-hand. Nothing beats shoulder-to-shoulder. Nothing beats relationship-to-relationship. That is the main reason why we're putting so much time in between services. It's so that we can connect, so that we can get to know each other. In the way the world is going, the world is not going to do more of this. The church needs to. We need to. The people of God need to. And it's going to change. It already has changed. And if we're not careful... We're going to miss what God is trying to do. If you take away everything of the church, everything, building, flashy things, cameras, video cameras, but you have relationship, your church thrives. It will never die. Relationships are the most important thing that God has ever created. It's relationship. It must be relationship. That's why we have a hard time meeting people. Because the world is pushing us away from meeting people. Oh, it'll push you towards meeting people for the wrong reasons. But God says it's all about relationship. See, the plans that we have, it's it's not change-proof. We're going to go through changes even in our plans. This candle. If this candle wants to accomplish its purpose, the wick and wax must change. It must This wick must go through a change. The wax must go through a change in order for this candle to accomplish its purpose. But many of us, we like like the candle. We like our life. We like like how, how our life is. We like our wick. We don't want nobody touching the wick. We don't want nobody touching the wick. We don't want to burn the wick. We don't want to destroy the wax and the, the wick. We want, it to keep, we want it to keep it in good shape. We, don't want, we want to get frustrated. We want everything to be nice and secure. And so we don't want anything to change. We want to remain the same. And God is saying, I gave you a purpose for living. Change must, takes, must take place. And there are going to be changes that happen. But it's so that we can fulfill the purposes of God. Proverbs 19.21 tells us that you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. What do you mean his purpose will prevail? Yep, with or without you. I'd rather it be with. That's God's heart. That's his heart. That's his his whole intent. 
His intention is that we change with him in our lives, not separate, not running away, but changing with him. Maybe you're in a season of, of major changes in your life. Maybe you didn't expect the change of your adult children moved out, and then years later, they moved back in. You weren't expecting that. You weren't expecting them to come back in. Maybe you weren't expecting your, your grandchildren to be with you all the time. Maybe you opened the door just a little bit and said, hey, if you need me to watch them, then just let me know. Boom, the door's kicked wide open. Watch them, take them, take them. I'll be back in four months. And now you have them. But no plan is change-proof. You may have planned your ways or your days, but nonetheless, your plans are going to change. No plan is fail-proof. You might be thinking, well, uh, maybe, maybe I'm going to help for this season. Maybe I just want to help someone in this season, help my children, help my parents. I'm going to help them in this season. Doesn't, isn't it true that even those seasons bring about major changes? That if our parents aren't doing well in their health... Someone has to help. A loved one is going through a struggle. Someone's helping them. No plan is change-proof. We plan, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Seasons will bring change. Ecclesiastes 3.1 tells us that, that there is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. Here's what happens. We may think that, oh, this is such an unexpected change. And so we have a calendar system. We put all of our plans on here. And then something comes up and we say, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this on Saturday. And we write it down in our calendar. I like eagles, so this is my calendar. We'll write it down. But then someone else had a plan for you and said, hey, oh, so-and-so always helped me. So I'm going to ask him to help me on this weekend. I'm going to ask her to help me. You make a plan. They make a plan. But nobody tells each other about the plan. And they already expect each other to be there together. Or your children plan something with their friends. You plan something with the family. You write it down. Yeah, our plans are right here. Or you plan something. Your husband plans something. You plan a party. They're not going to be there. They're planning a trip. And you write it down all on each individual calendars. And then come that day, you're getting ready. Your husband says, what are you getting ready for? The party. Where are you going? Why are you packing? Oh, because I have the trip to a wall. Trip. What trip? Party. What party? Well, I told you about the party. You didn't tell me about the party. You didn't tell me about the trip. I did tell you about the trip. I wrote it on the calendar. What calendar? My calendar. Well, I didn't write it on my calendar. What calendar? Your own calendar? I don't even have your calendar. Yeah, I get my own system. Now everybody has their own calendar. Nobody knows what's going on. And now we have dysfunction in the family, which is, by the way, it happens. Do you think God is up there going, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Oh, man, you planned this, you planned that. You know what God is looking at? He's looking at his calendar. And he's saying, turmoil on the 13th. That's what's going to happen. You think God is caught off guard? God is like, okay, this is going to be a major one. We need all the angels. Round them up, baby. Round them up. We're going to have to do some, some counseling over here. We're going to have to help. We're going to have to bring in all the angels, especially for that little one. That little guy right there, we've got to help that one. Hey, you think God is caught off guard? No, he, he has his calendar. We plan our ways. But it's the Lord's purposes that will prevail. Now, we're going to prevail with him or without him. It's up to us. Therefore, here's the third thing. We must make room for change. We've got to make room for change. In other words, be flexible. We've got to be flexible. We've got to be able to make room for change. We've got to be ready for when things change in an instant. We've got to be ready for those things. Otherwise, we start blaming people. We start lashing out on people. We bail out. We say, this is not working, and we just call it quits. 
And God is saying, hang on. There's an appointed time for everything. You've got to make room for these changes. It's like having margins. You know in school when you have folder paper? Folder paper has margins on it. There's a margin. And there's, there, you write in the margins. We can throw that up. Or not. Parking stalls have margins. We know where to park because there's lines. People have margins. Did you know that you and I have, we make room for growth in our stomachs? Did you know that your skin is that flexible? Go get a high school picture and a now picture. Our skin is very flexible. I mean, it's okay. It's created to have some flex. Some of us flex more, but that's okay. There's room for change. God made us that way. Maybe you feel stuck because you're in a situation that you weren't ready for. Maybe, maybe yeah, your children had children and, and they weren't prepared for it. And so now you became the parent. Maybe you're the one ha- that has to take care of the children. Maybe you're the one that has to make sure they're in school, they're being well clothed and fed. Or maybe you, you, you don't know when you're going to watch the children. Maybe, maybe just at the spur of the moment, your phone rings in the morning. Hey, Dad, uh, so what, you can take the boy or what? Uh, today? Yeah, I've got to go work. Well, I'd like to know more than five minutes so that I can prepare. I mean, for grandparents, wouldn't it be great if they gave you a schedule? Right? I mean, why not? And just let me give you a little tip for those of you who your parents watch your children. Give them a heads up. Just give them a slight heads up. Yeah, but I don't know my schedule. Then tell your parents you don't know your schedule. Say, you know what? I don't know my schedule next week, but most likely you might need to watch them Monday and Tuesday. Or maybe Monday, Friday, and Thursday. Or maybe just Wednesday. You know what, mom, dad? Just be prepared for Monday through Friday. At least you got them prepared. (laughs) At least you said something. And at least they're ready to make room for this change that's going to take place. I love how Maya Angelou says it. She says, if you, don't like, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, then change your attitude. It's that simple. Well, I'm trying to change him. Is he changing? No. Then change your attitude. I'm so frustrated. He's not doing what I'm asking him to do. She's not doing what I'm asking them to do. My parents, my children, are they changing? No. Then change your attitude. That's probably the only thing that can change. You've got to make room for that. Yeah, but I'm right. They're wrong. doesn't matter at that point who's right and wrong. You're the one frustrated. They're having a great time not changing. They're enjoying life not changing. That's why they're not changing. That's why people that work are not changing because they're fine. You're the one who's getting frustrated. And if you can't change them, the situation, change the attitude. Because then you're the one that's going to enjoy life more than anybody else. Because you understand, I can't change a single thing. Just change our attitude. Make room for that change. When Heidi and I think of things, you know, Heidi's very creative. People look at me and they say, wow, you're the artist in the family, aren't you? No, I'm one of them. Heidi is an artist. She's so creative. And sometimes she gets so creative at the spur of the moment that it changes our entire plans. 
Like she'll tell me, hey, can you paint something for our women's ministry? We're going to have this one auction. The finances are going to go towards scholarshiping our youth for a summer camp. I said, absolutely, I'm in. I paint a painting. She looks at it and she says, that is so nice. Can you paint another one? I said, why am I painting another one? She goes, because I want that one. <laughs> what? She goes, yeah, you, you can't give that one away. I said, you asked me to make this for the auction. She goes, I know, I know, I know, I know. Make another one for the auction. I want that one. You lucky you, my wife. So I did. I painted another one. And then she says, we have this plain wall in our living room. It's not that big, our living room. Maybe, I don't know, 15 by 15. I don't don't know the dimensions. But I know there's this one wall about 12 feet. And so it's plain. And all we had was like a little... Like this fake fireplace. You know those electrical ones, the generic ones? That's what I say. It's like, I just generic. I don't want a fake fireplace. I want some logs. I want fire and smoke to come out of our home. She goes, no, we can't put a chimney. We got to have a fake one. I said, okay. So we get this fake one. And then she says, we got to build a shelf around it. Wait, what? She goes, yeah, this doesn't match. We got we to gotta paint it and then build a shelf around it and put like this mantle. Just get like this huge, you know those headers? And then just... just Stain it and make it look nice. And let's put a pallet wall up. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. When? She's like, well, when you come home. Like, like, like just now? And that's the kind of thing she says. Or she says, no, we'll just do it on Saturday. All day? Yeah, we'll just start early and then go into the night. So with this thought in mind, we have to take apart, take apart pallet boards. We have to paint, repaint, sand, and drill things in the, in the wall. We have to do electrical and all of these things. Plus, we didn't have a TV, so thank God for our children. They bought us one. Thank you, Jesus. It's all returning. And then we put up these paintings. So this is what it looks like. This is the final. And this wasn't an easy thing. So there's a line on the, on the left. That's the painting she told me to paint. And then the one on the right is her, her, her horse blue. And see those two lights? We had to make those things. And then the, the cords have to go behind, and the plug has to be, be behind this pallet board. And that, that bottom shelving, we had to make that. Me and my sons made that. Now, I show you this not to show how creative Heidi is. I show you that because it's not an easy thing to make room for plans to change. You have your whole weekend ready to do something, and all of a sudden, can we try this? Sure, honey, no problem at all. But I tell you what was good about it. When you make room for change, you get to enjoy the results. When you make room for change in your heart, you enjoy the results. When God brings a change in you, you enjoy the results. And it will be a great result. Because God has been preparing it all along. You're thinking you're going through this because you're going through this? You're thinking you're going through this because of the circumstance or because of her or him, your family, the situation? You're going through this because God has a greater purpose ahead. He already prepared the way. He knows what's going on. It's on his calendar. He doesn't get sidetracked from anything. 2 Corinthians says it like this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But, through, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary, light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. 
while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Here's where we run into the problem. When we see a situation in front of us, an unexpected change, some type of uh, major conflict, we're looking at what's happening right then and there, the temporary. But God is looking at that which is eternal. He's not looking at the actual situation. He's looking at where we're going and where we're heading. That maybe this situation is needed so that he can accomplish this. Maybe you've been going through what you're going through, the changes that you've been going through, so that God could have a greater accomplish in the end. See, for Heidi and I in the beginning, when we were coming to know Christ, we went through major changes, major conflicts. We even came to a point where we didn't even know how our marriage was going to be. Oh, we knew we would stay together because divorce was not an option. But we were so close to not even knowing what was going to happen in our marriage. But then we have to stop and think, wait a minute, we're going through this for a reason. This change that we're going through is for a specific reason. What is it, Lord? He didn't tell us, but what he did do is stay close by our side and us by his side. Oh, we drifted here and there, but God stayed the same. He was there through everything we've been through to bring us to where we are today. I couldn't see this happening. If God were to tell me, oh, no, you're going through problems right now in your marriage so that you can coach people in their marriages. I, I would have been like, just tell me to coach and not, don't make me go through this. Oh, you're going through this situation because there are greater purposes in your life. I, I can turn your mistake into a miracle. I can, I can turn your problems into a purpose. I can do that. But you, you got to make room for the, chain, for the changes. You got you to be okay because you got to see the greater purpose. It's not temporary, it's eternal. It's something that I'm doing in your life that you just cannot see right now. It's not on your calendar, it's on mine. But it'll come. You, you just got to trust that I'm preparing for it, that I'm making ready for it. All the hurt, the pain, the suffering that you are going through or will ever go through will never go to waste. God never wastes pain. He has a purpose for every painful moment you and I go through. So don't worry about tomorrow, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 34. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. See, when Jesus, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, when he calmed the storm, when Jesus healed the blind man, there are greater purposes than just the healing itself. It was so that God could be glorified. And Jesus only spent three and a half years on this earth in his public ministry. Even the greater purposes of Christ, no one could see back then. They couldn't see how the Son of God dying on the cross fulfills anything of God. But now we understand that Jesus died for our sins so that we could have eternal life, so that which is temporal, we can get through. Because he's bringing us to eternity. Whatever changes happens in your life and in my life, we can be assured that God is not taken off guard. He's not even surprised by it. In fact, he's preparing us for it. 
Let him, let him have his way. His purposes will prevail. And I am thankful that his purposes prevail. When unexpected changes happen, it's only unexpected for us. But it's expected from him. He knows everything and he embraces us and carries us through every single obstacle. Because he's our savior. He's our God. And he knows our future. And it's a good one. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads for a moment. Lord, we thank you for giving us a greater purpose. And maybe today, Lord, whether we believe in you or not, maybe today is just our commitment to you. To not just believe in you, but to trust in you. That maybe today our commitment is to to be near to you. That we ask for you to be near to us. That in this relationship, no matter how difficult it is in life, with people, with our circumstances, no matter how tough it is, really it's about connecting with you. That people might say, well, this person, yeah, you used to do this. Or maybe, no, they, maybe they mistake us for another person. Maybe they say, well, if you were a Christian, why are you doing this? Whatever people will say, they're going to have their opinions, Lord. They had their opinions with healed people. They had their opinions when you brought people back to life. They, they had their opinions when you did your miracles. But what never changed was that you are still God. And no matter what happens, Lord, our heart today is to stay close to you because you are a God who is near to us. In fact, one of your names is Emmanuel, God with us. That's because you want to be close to us. And if you receive that this morning, would you just say amen? Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen, amen, amen. I pray that throughout this series that God would show you how good he is and that he is a savior and that he is so good to us. Can you say amen to that? Can we just thank him so much for all that he is doing, even in the dark times, even in the frustrations, even when it doesn't look like things will turn out right. God is always there.